The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, good morning. It's Q. Notebook wagering here. Today we're going to talk about the NFL. I got two of my buddies with me. I got Smitty and Jay Kim. What's going on, fellas? It's, it's the greatest time of the year. We got hockey. We got Breeders' Cup. We got all kinds of football. Uh, just yeah, I got spreadsheets coming out of my ears right now trying to figure out how to make money on all this stuff. So uh, I love it. Good morning, boys. Early morning. Who else is up this early? Just crushing the notebook, crushing the numbers, trying to find you some winners. So you have a great weekend. The boys from Notebook Wagering is, I'm ready to go, Q. Hey, I'll tell you what, J. Cam, it is not the best time of the year. It's starting to get real cold. The ground is frozen. I hate it. I want 85 by 630 <laughs> in the morning. Let's get it going. That's my retirement right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into these games. I really want to knock them out today. I've actually struggled the last two weeks. I've gone eight and 12, just some bad luck, doubling down on teams, not helping me out. So let's get it back today. I'm pumped. I'm still up 15 and a half units, though. All right. First game of the slate is a terrible one. You got the Houston Texans traveling to Miami Dade to play the Miami Dolphins. The line is currently at minus six for the Dolphins, over under 46 and a half. There is no straight play for me here. It's going to be a teaser all day for the Texans. Uh, so I, I went the other way. I actually grabbed the Texans at six and a half yesterday when I heard Terod was going to play. Um, I'm not sure what's yeah. going on in Miami. I don't think it's anything good. <laughs> um, it no, seems like it's a little bit. Just, what's that? I'm taking the Texans in a teaser. Very nice. So, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's going to be – I think there's even a chance here for an outright uh, win. So, I would be careful if you're playing Miami in your survivor pools it's because it, it just seems like, you know, Houston, whatever they've done this year, it seems like it's more together, though, than whatever the Dolphins are doing who had way more higher expectations. Tua doesn't think they want them. Defense can't stop anybody. It just – it just there's no strength to lean on for them, it seems like, right now. So, I just think the plus six and a half, I don't know if they're going to win, but I definitely think they have a chance to. And I think a teaser is going to look really good. Yeah, having Taylor back's big. I mean, he played week one, the only thing, week one. So he's been gone for a long time here. Both teams are dumpster fires. The favorite has been really good, ATS, in the series. I'm going to go probably the opposite way. I'm not sure if I'm going to play this, but I would go, I, I think, a teaser play. I mean, Jason has a good comment with, I mean, the Texans could win this game. Uh, Q, I think, is going to be safe if he teases them up. I'm going to probably go the opposite way if I do play it. I would take Miami down. Right now, it's minus six. You could get it down to a pick em. I think Miami will win this game. Well, somebody's got to pick up their second one of the season. So, hopefully, it's the home team there. Actually, I want them to lose. It's my team. Let's get a better draft pick. Why are we going to get garbage wins when they don't mean anything? Moving on. So, you have the 6-1 and one Cowboys hosting the 4-4 four and four Broncos. 
the line opened up at minus seven. It's currently minus 10 over under is 48 and a half. I'm assuming the three point jump was after the Von Miller trade. And then Dak Prescott seemingly playing. Is that why you got a three point jump there? Cause that's, that's what it, that was what it seemed like. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's like I said, that's an absolute crazy three point jump like that. Um, I, I still would probably lay the minus 10 here. Uh, I really like the Cowboys in a teaser. Uh, to get him under that seven and number. And I, I just think the Broncos defensively are starting to fall apart. I mean, they still have Patrick Sertan, but he can only cover one guy. And obviously the Cowboys can throw to about seven guys. Um, I think, and I've said it time and time before on the show, I think the Cowboys are the real deal. You know, I, I think they're going to have, uh, you know, defensive success against Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I just love the Cowboys here. I, I don't, I don't see them dropping this game at home. Yeah, I, I don't see him losing this game. I, the 10 seems like a lot. Um, you know, Denver's defense is good on yard, is actually better on points than they are on yardage. Um, so they've been pretty good in the red zone so far. That eventually has to normalize. And I, you got to wonder that Von Miller trade, that's a big, that was an icon of their defense. And for him just to kind of go almost unexpectedly. Um, I never saw yeah, it coming. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I, I, I know he was September player of the month. Watched him play against the Steelers. He did not look exceptional at all. And the Steelers tackles at that point were kind of a uh, um, turnstiles. So he really didn't make an impact in that game. Like I actually thought it was one of the reasons I bet Denver, because I thought he was a huge advantage position. You know, Denver's stats make it look better in my model than they really are. So I have to be careful with this. But I would actually, it looks like it's kind of, I'm leaning more to the under in this game, but I'm a little nervous about it just because I think the Cowboys can actually put up a pretty good number here on Denver. I'm going to probably pass this on everything. Well, you heard the rumor why he got traded. Oh, the Halloween party, right? The Halloween party that he throws every year. And then he invited some of the team and then he wanted money for them to chip in to pay for it or something. And they said that didn't go over very well in the locker room. So not how true that is. I don't know. Well, we got a little insider person that we kind of get info from. He loves Denver. And this little insider that, that we have has been killing his picks. Uh, why, why, why get off of them right now? So you know what I'm doing? I'm teasing up the Broncos and I'm rolling the Broncos. Does that come back? Okay. Can he really, you know, coming off an injury, can he move around really well in this? I don't know. I mean, do they have major weapons? I love, I've said it all year on the show. I love the two running backs. I love the two tight ends, major weapons at wide receiver. Dallas's defense is getting better. I agree with Q. I think they are a real deal. I think they're very good. They're seven and oh ATS right now. So they are something, I mean, but I'm going to just continue. I'm going to take Denver up. I know a lot of people do like Denver in this game. I'm going to stay because he's been extremely hot for us with some info. I'm going to stay with it. I'm teasing up the Broncos up to 16. And I'm going to take Denver plus the 16 tomorrow. All right. We're going to travel down a little south. We're going to go to Baltimore, five and two Ravens hosting the three and four Vikings. The line currently is the Ravens minus six over under 50. You know, the Vikings have kind of let me down uh, this year with over-unders. I, I think this might be the week uh, that they can score some points. Um, I, I don't think the Ravens' defense is overly exceptional. I, I think a good quarterback can score on them. Um, I mean, we saw Joe Burrow hang 42, I believe. Um, at least we got – I think it was 17 uh, for the Chargers. I could be wrong. 
Um, so if you if you if you have a decent quarterback, you can you can score here, and I think they do. And the Vikings, you know, they have multiple good receivers. The Ravens have a, a, a solid defense, but I don't think you can cover everybody. I like the over here. I love the over in a teaser. Um, you know, the Ravens play a lot of I don't know up and down, like they either blow you out or they, it's super close. So it's really hard to get a feel on the minus six for me. So it's probably a pass for me. Pass for you. See, I, I think I'm actually going to go with the Vikings here. I kind of like what you were saying there. Um, really, they had control of the Monday night game and it kind of got away from them at the end. Granted, they were playing against a backup quarterback. Um, the one thing about the Ravens and the Vikings are going to try to run the football and the Ravens against the run, not great. Um, their linebackers are kind of more space guys than they are um, thumpers. And I think that kind of shows in these games where teams really want to focus on the run. Um, I think Baltimore wins this, but I think it's closer. I'll take the six. I'll go against the public. I think about three quarters of the actions on the Ravens right now. And I like the lean toward the over. Um, Minnesota, they got the two good wideouts. And like I said, they're going to run the football. As long as their line shows up on a Sunday, I think that they'll keep this close. So, yeah, give me the Vikings in the six and maybe the over. I'll have to think about that one. Well, the over has been the play in the series. So you guys are on to something there. Now, Ravens with Harbaugh as the coach, nine and four ATS off a of bye. Love it. Love it. What I'm doing here, I was thinking teaser because I'm, you know me, teaser came here. I was thinking taking Minnesota up. I think you're going to be okay in that. I think Jason might be on something. I think Baltimore is going to win. Maybe not to cover the spread or even a teaser, but I'm going to lean the other way now. Looking at some numbers, I like taking Baltimore down. You get them right at a pick them. I think they'll win the game. I'm taking the Ravens in a teaser tomorrow. All right, here's my favorite game of the week, at least from a betting standpoint in a straight line. So the Carolina Panthers are hosting the New England Patriots. The line currently is Patriots minus three and a half. Over-under is 41. I absolutely love the minus three and a half for the Patriots. Ever since they played Brady, they are absolutely rolling. You know, they beat good teams. They destroy the Jets as they should. They beat, a, 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 I think, a little overrated Chargers team, but a solid Chargers team nonetheless. Um, they're absolutely rolling. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Panthers. I think Sam Darnold is not the answer. You know, they, they got a win last week against a pretty banged-up Atlanta team. Uh, losing Calvin Ridley, their best player on offense. Um, I, I I think the Patriots are starting to click. I think we're seeing Mac Jones is the real deal. You know, there's a lot of speculation down here that the Redskins once again missed a draft pick in Jamin Davis, and they should have taken Mac Jones when they had the opportunity. And I think we're starting to see that, and I think he'll shine today on the road. I think they beat Carolina uh, by at least seven. Yeah, I mean, it's the Patriots are kind of tricky. That was a really good win last week. Where going out there, you know, I think a lot of people had the Chargers and the Patriots were just more solid than the Chargers were. And that's kind of how they won. Um, they're more solid than the Panthers, too. Um, this is purely a contrarian play. I'm probably going to take the Panthers with the three and a half. I think the Patriots will win. I think it's going to be close. I'm just going against, you know, 70% of the bets on the Patriots and a lot of money, though, too. So that's a little scary. But I think the Panthers defense is good enough to keep them in it. Um, and the Patriots, you know, it's they want to obviously the New England's run defense a little bit better than their pass defense. But yeah, I'm going to go just against the public here and take the Panthers with a three and a half. I think they can get enough out of PJ Walker to at least keep them in the game. And I definitely, because of that, I'm going to actually go with the under as well here of uh, under 41. 
Yeah, I read it. I read an article from Visa, and I think it was Josh Applebaum. And he said that the under of games that the points are 45 or less are 23 and 13. I like that number. So I'm with Jason on this. I like the under in this, but in a teaser style, why not tease that up six more points and get it up to 47 and take the under in that game? Now, is Sammy Boy quarterbacking? He's back. He is on the injury list. Let me look over here. I believe he did practice this week. He was limited. All right. If you're limited, you're usually playing. I think that's just the precautionary thing because every quarterback seems to be limited half the time. Yeah, he but doesn't he have good numbers. Questionable. Doesn't so. have good numbers against uh, New England here. I oh, do think McGat- yeah. New England. Yeah, yeah, McCaffrey's back, I believe. So that that will help. That will help. Uh, yeah, I mean, what would I do here? Because I've been on New England a lot this year. I, I love the quarterback. I've taken them a couple times in spots. I would, for sure, my play in this game is going to be teasing it up, the points, and taking the under. Just with those stats, that's where I believe this game's going to go. If you had to take a team-wise, I'd probably take a chance with Carolina teasing them up and getting them to about nine and a half at home, and hopefully they can just cover that number. Yeah, you know, actually an excellent point, though. If if Sam Darnold's a starter, then I'm probably going to no play on the Panthers uh, plus three and a half, and I'll just take the under because he's been a disaster. I feel actually more confident with uh, P.J. Walker at quarterback right now than I do with uh, Sam Darnold, especially against the Patriots. Yeah, best play. Best play, I think, is the te- is that maybe the under or the teaser under. I would say if you're looking at a prop bet, if if McCaffrey does play, two prop bets, Damian Harris anytime scoring touchdown, he's kind of the workhorse on the offense for that team, and then Christian McCaffrey anytime scoring, they're going to want to feed the ball to their playmaker, you know, especially around the goal line. He can catch, he can run some weird schemes, wildcat, whatever. So those are two prop plays I would look into if he actually plays. All right. Let's move on. The five and two Bills are hosting or traveling to the one and six Jaguars. The line is currently at minus 14 and a half. Over under is 48 and a half. I'm going to tease down the Bills on my personal account. That's probably the play that I'll post out. Um, but I would not be surprised if the Buffalo Bills cover the minus 14 and a half. They're absolutely rolling. You know, they are, I believe, in sole possession of the AFC right now in the number one seed. They want to keep that. They're going to pound the Jaguars into the dirt. It's just a game they can't drop. Um, I see them going six and two, and they're going to get this ATS win personally. I mean, they could hang 48 and a half themselves, and that's what the over-under is on this team. So I, I, I see it not being close. Yeah, you know, the, the Jags, like I think Pam Maldonado made some comments on it social media about what a pain the Jags are because if you fade or if you take them because you're fading like everything else – they're anti-public every single week. You see flashes. They usually can run the ball. They usually can stop the run. It usually, you know, is a decent recipe for a team that's going to pull an upset. And yet they lose every single week. They don't cover. They're literally, I call them attacks in response to her because that's what it is. It taxes your winnings every week. You, you play them because you think you have the number. Yeah, I, I think this game is a stay away because I just don't trust the Jags. Like, you know, 14 and a half at home. At this point in the season, that should be almost like an auto play because you know everyone's on Buffalo as good as they've looked, but you just can't do it. I just don't think things are right in Jacksonville for them to even be like, I don't think they're trending the right way. I think they're either staying the same or getting worse. So uh, definitely no play. You know, 
My numbers say they look to the under, but I just can't because I can see Buffalo going off. They're one of those teams when they get going, they go a lot. So uh, this is a no play for me. Um, and if I had to lean any way, I probably would lean slightly to the unders because I think Buffalo is going to do all the work scoring. The ATS, real quick, if you're taking the – if you're fading the Jaguars, the ATS is 5-2. and two. There you go. See? Bad team fade. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I like to do – I like to take the, the points way up to about 20 and a half here and take the Jags. But I mean, you guys said it well, the Jags, what are you going to get out of the Jags? That's the question here. Can they, can they backdoor cover a big 20 and a half? They could, I mean, beating somebody in the NFL by 17 is a lot, you know, even if it's, that'd be under it, but I mean, just saying like 17, 14, that's big lines in the NFL. Uh, this is probably a stay away from me. It's just, to me, it's an ugly game. It's a, you know, a game that I don't think could happen, mm-hmm. but I sometimes like taking at least two teams up way up and matching them in a teaser. And the Jags would be one of those teams probably this week. Hey, if Geno Smith can beat him by 24, I mean, you got to think Josh Allen can do it the same. So that'll be an interesting game. Like I said, uh, I'm going to fade him. You guys tease up, whatever. Um, it'll be an interesting play. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Okay, the five and three Bengals are hosting the four and four Browns division matchup. The Bengals are currently at two and a half on the line, and minus two and a half on the line, and then the over under is forty seven. This will be interesting to me. I'm curious to see, you know, how the Browns do. They feel relieved now that OBJ is gone. They don't have to worry about him. He's not a headache anymore. Uh, the Bengals coming off a bad loss. I would actually take the two and a half with the Bengals. I think they bounce back. You know, they, they slept walk last week. They lose their game uh, to Mike White. They give him the most passing yards in the week, which is incredible. Um, I, I, the, the Browns are banged up, in my opinion. So I like the Bengals at home to rebound. I think they're a real deal team. Yeah, I think the Browns are still banged up on the offensive line. The offensive line has not been right all season, but um, I think it's really banged up again. You get. Jedrick Willis, the left tackle, was limited this week. He looks like he's going to go, though. And I'm looking at Jack Conklin. He is out. So they are no, they have no hope for him coming back. At Treader's banged up still. Like, these are the same guys. What's that? Jarvis Landry's still questionable, I believe. Yeah, so you have to wonder who's playing wide receiver because Peoples-Jones was missed last week's game, and he's questionable for this week. So not a lot of talent on the outside. So – I'm not going to put too much stock in what happened to the Bengals last week. I think that's just a young team learning how to win on the road. Um, it kind of just didn't show up, right? Big game the week before, totally just beat up on the Ravens, big splash plays, explosive plays. And then, you know, the Jets came feisty, right? And then uh, Mike White was probably the right quarterback for that situation because he just took underneath all day and uh, it worked. Uh Cleveland, I just, you know, I think people are betting last year's Cleveland, and that team has not shown up this year. They showed up one week, and that was actually two weeks. They showed up against the Chiefs the first week and then the Chargers in a really good 4 o'clock game uh, in the middle of the season. They're just not there. I mean, the Steelers had no kicker last week in that game, and uh, Browns had the ball deep twice, did not get any points either time. They had kicked field goals both times. They would have won the game. So I think they're just not right. I'm going to take lay the points of the Bengals here. I, I still think it's a good football team. The numbers show that it's a solid football team, and I think they learned a lesson last week. Yeah, because Landry, you know, in that game against Steelers, he had a lot of drops in that game. Um, oh, ever fumbles. Yeah, and just some catches that I thought he should have had, too, um, in that. And, yeah, the OBJ, 
you know, whole that all that drama this week. I agree with you guys. Cleveland's just not. I, I think Case Keenum personally playing him would be maybe a better option. I, I think. I don't know. This one's tough because I agree. I think Cincinnati's a team that they're. You know what happened last week? That was a head scratcher in a way. I I do like they have so many weapons. I this I don't know this one. The over has been six zero and one last seven over in this series. So maybe look at the over in this teaser play. I maybe would take Cleveland up just to try to get a tough AFC North battle here. But um, this might be a stay away except the the over. I might play the over in a teaser and tease it down and take the over. Well, they, I mean, they are fading that way. The line opened up to 45 and a half and it's up to 47. So, obviously, the public's hammering the over. Um, the only thing that scares me is can the Browns score? You know, are you going to be leaning on the Bengals to put up 31 themselves? Uh, and then you run into that issue. Like Jason said, who do the Bengals have to throw the ball to? I mean, the Browns have to throw the ball to. So, that's a curious play. But, Smitty, you are on the over with the public. All right. Let's go to – uh, New York, the two and six Giants are hosting the five and two Raiders. The Raiders are currently at minus three and a half. Over under is 46 and a half. It's going to be a stay away for me. You know, the Raiders just have to travel. They've had a uh, to the East Coast, you know, the Henry Ruggs incident following the, the Jay Gruden or the John Gruden incident. You know, just the, the, the news cannot stay out of the lake, the Raiders locker room. You know, at some point, is it going to create a distraction? The Gruden stuff turned out to not. Does Henry Ruggs finally, um, you know, Carr took a lot of flack for kind of defending Henry Ruggs in a way, just saying he needed, you know, support and things like that. And that really wasn't uh, taken too well uh, from what I saw. So this is a really stay away. I could see the Giants maybe keeping the, the plus three and a half here and just stealing one just out of distraction. But it's it's I could see the Raiders blowing doors off, too. So it's definitely a no play for me. Yeah, if I, I'm going to go that I agree with what you all said there. I, I think that uh, you almost have to go to the Giants. They they showed up decently on Monday night against the Chiefs. I wouldn't say it was great. I think they basically showed their coaching staff's not really NFL quality. But, um, you know, somehow they're staying competitive with, like, literally all their skill talent still banged up, and it's still banged up this week. They might get Galladay back, but for the most part, everyone's dinged up still. Um, the defense played decently. I'm going to give them a chance this week. I'll, I'll take the points there. Um, like you said, how much can you take if you're the Raiders? Um, they've had like, these aren't little things that have occurred. Like you've had like the Gruden getting fired. That seemed actually fixed the team. Cause I didn't realize they had four NFL former head coaches on their staff. And that, so they've basically been able to bounce on from that. But this one with rugs, I think that's a big one. Cause that's a player that involves the locker room. Um, you know, I appreciate Carr saying what he said. He probably, could have kept that private and going public because people just like to take shots now. Um, but I just think it's too much uh, to handle for one week. And I'll take the Giants. And especially if I'm getting three points, I think like I am right now. Yeah, the road teams are four and one ATS in the series. So that kind of goes good for the Raiders there. I agree with Jason. I, you know, the Giants, Giants are very competitive. They stay in games, but it just, you know, they're going to lose by the end. Because their coaching staff, like Jason said, is just not very good. I think, yeah, you know, it's just what Q said. I thought about it all week. You had the Gruden, now you have this. And, I mean, man, that that has to be weighing you down. And, again, the travel, those numbers are really out of the – not 
a big deal anymore. These teams coming from the West Coast to the East Coast, the numbers are back and that it doesn't mean anything anymore. So I don't even look at that. I, I The Giants just, hey, man, they're around. So could this be a good teaser spot? I think so. Nine and a half. Take the Giants competitive. They're playing hard. Jones can make some plays. Then he can make some bonehead plays. You know, the Raiders, we'll see. I mean, I liked what Carr said. I mean, I the, what the guy did was just outrageous, and he deserves to be in jail for a very long time. But that's your leader of the team. The quarterback's usually the leader of the team. He's still backing his guy. I know he's not part of the team anymore. And like Jason said, everybody wants to take a shot at you if you come out and say something that they disagree with. I think this is a tough game to call. I would do a teaser. I would take the home team, take it up, and see if they can get this win or at least a cover. NFC South matchup, five and two Saints hosting the three and four Falcons. The Saints are currently minus six, over under 41 and a half. I'll let you guys take this away. I just kind of ran out of time with our busy week to take a look at this game. (laughs) On On the glance, it just... It's two teams that, like, they're either stellar or they're just kind of eh, and, and I just we're kind of ran out of time, so you guys take it. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's probably Matt Ryan's health is the biggest factor in this game. Um, obviously, that was a pretty nasty injury he sustained, getting his hand stepped on in that game and seeing it be like that. You're kind of surprised it doesn't happen more often, um, just the nature of football, especially with quarterbacks. Um, yeah, you know, it's just New Orleans has been so up and down this year. And it seems like they're up because that was a pretty nice win in Seattle when they, you know, going there um, after losing the quarterback. Um, you know, to beat Tampa Bay with losing Jameis, and even though he came out looking like he was going to play pretty well, um, and to have um, what's called uh, Simeon pick up the slack, you kind of wonder. You know, I heard somebody this week say hey, that you take the backup the first week and you fade him the second week. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, the best unit in this football game is the Saints defense. It's six might be just too many. I just can't see the Saints being that effective. But, of course, we're talking about the Falcons here, and there's nothing to show that that defense is going to do anything. Uh, that was a winnable game last week that they kind of let the Panthers kind of just sleepwalk through and pick up a win. So it's kind of tough. The number over number is right on from what I have it here. Does that make it about uh, 26-16 kind of game? Um, I'm probably going to take the Saints and lay the points just because I think the defense will be the difference in this game. This goes right with what I said earlier, the points under 45 or less, great numbers. It's, you know, tease it up, tease this game up, take the under. I think this game is, like Jason said, it's going to be a very slow paced game. I don't think there'll be a lot of points. So take the points up and tease it and take the under. It's going to be a low scoring game, low scoring game. Love the defense in the Saints, the great defense. Uh, and last five in this series. Okay, has been the under. Yeah, I mean, I can see that division matchup, low scoring games kind of goes with the theory um, of what the games are for the AFC North tend to tend to play a little low. Uh, So we'll see. All right. So this is another weird game for me. I think it's two teams where we really need to figure out which direction they're going. So the three and five Eagles hosting the four and three Chargers. Chargers laying one and a half currently over under is forty nine and a half. I thought the Chargers would bounce back last week uh, at home coming off a bye. You know, obviously they played a tough New England team. I thought they could get it done. They did not. That tells us a lot about New England. It kind of told us a lot about the Chargers now. So they slipped the game heading into the bye. They had their bye, and then they slipped coming out of the bye. You know, what's going on over there in L.A.? And then you got the Eagles. You know, they play 
horrid against Tampa Bay. They keep it close, 28-22. I think in that game they got really lucky with a couple of long penalties, um, but they were able to you know survive a little bit uh, from a, against the spread number. Then last week everybody's on the Lions money line, Lions plus three and a half, and they just absolutely destroy them on the road. So this will be curious, you know, what Eagles team shows up, what Chargers team shows up. I'm going to stick with Justin Herbert. I, I wish the Dolphins would have drafted him. I, I think he's legit, and I think the Chargers finally get back on track. I'm laying the one and a half here. I, I You know, it's – I like that thinking. I mean, you they obviously have the better quarterback and the better offense. Um, it's the Eagles at home. I mean, everyone has to be on the Chargers, I think, just because everybody likes that team. The, the stats really aren't matching up for the Chargers, though. I think they're probably a little bit below what people's public opinion is of them. Um, yeah, I see 80-20 on the Chargers. Um, I make this game basically a coin flip um, on my projections. So I would probably take the Eagles with the points, probably lean money line, just go against the public here, a nice little home dog. Uh, but it makes me extremely nervous. I have no faith in Nick Sirianni. Um, Eagles had a nice performance last week. That almost makes me a little more scared that they're going to come out flat this week. I mean, beating up Detroit really isn't something to brag about. But, yeah, I'll take the Eagles as a home dog. It's more of a system play than anything else. Real quick, I was going to say, in the last 10, the dog is 8-2 and two in this series. Thank you, Q. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like this Chargers team, too. I love the quarterback. Q hit on all those great things. I like getting home dogs and putting them in a teaser. And like Jason said, you know, beating up on Detroit, you know, that you still beat them up, but I mean, don't brag about it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Detroit. But I, what I like, I've read another thing. I think I've decent to the, the main ref, the head ref in this is a ref that the numbers really go with the home team. So just another little stat I got off the great, Vison, if you're not subscribed, get on them. They have great information. I like Philly in this. I love him in a teaser. I'm going to tease him up and get him up to what is it, seven and a half, and take them all day in this. And hopefully they play well. So I'm on the Eagles. That will be I, that will be an official teaser. One of my teasers tomorrow. I'm taking the home team up. All right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's a game circling a lot of criticism. The 7-1 Packers travel to Kansas City to play the 4-4 Chiefs. The Chiefs are laying seven. It, obviously, we know it opened up at two and a half, minus two and a half. Then the Rodgers news came out, so he's not playing. So it's up to minus seven. Over under is 48. The public is hammering the minus seven. Not so fast. I, I like the Packers in a teaser. I just don't trust the Chiefs, and that's why I'm playing it. I know their leader's out. Uh, for the Packers, but uh, laying seven is going to be a lot for the Chiefs. They just struggle to score. You know, the Packers, uh, I, I don't even know who their backup is. It's not Hunley anymore, is it, Brett Hunley? No, no, it's not. It's okay. Love. Love. It's Jordan Love, the first-round oh, draft pick. I think Jordan – I mean, he has options. He's got Aaron Jones. He's got A.J. Dillon, who's emerging this year. You know, Valdez Scantling's coming back. Um, he's, he's able to be activated. Then you have, uh, Devontae Adams. I just think the plus or the, you know, the, the plus seven is just too much. Uh, so I would take the Packers in this ATS. It really is an interesting game because of all those factors involved. Now you look at the chiefs, they're getting healthy. 
but it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> like, oh. They've been as healthy as they've been the last two weeks. They've looked as awful as they've looked all season. Um, the defense just isn't really good. It played at times. It looked better against the Giants. They actually were pretty effective on the first, like, first and second down and third down. They just gave up tons of yards underneath. It was crazy. Devontae Booker looked like he was going to have a career night just on little dump passes um, and just running literally underneath the coverage. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, the Chiefs are healthy. You know, I think we mentioned last week that Andy Reid's got some off-the-field distractions. I really think you are starting to see that affect the Chiefs' offense. There is nothing innovative what they're doing at all. It's all the same plays uh, that we've seen before, the whole little tight end shovel pass when they're in the red zone because they really can't run the football effectively. Everything is kind of off the pass. And you're seeing Mahomes start to look like Texas Tech Mahomes where you're seeing the craziness, where you see the arm talent, but you also see some really ill-advised throws like all the time. Um you know, the Packers defense isn't great. If it was a little better, I think this is autoplay. Uh, take the Packers plus to seven because they are going to have the run game. You're going to see, you know, if you have uh, either of the Packers running backs on your fantasy team, you're in for a good week because it's going to be a lot of run. And Matt LaFleur has no issue just calling run after run after run. Um, so that's what I mean. The Packers defense is 18th in DVOA against the pass, so not bad. So I, I agree. I think that take the Packers with the seven. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But I just did that Chiefs team that everyone's betting on still is not there. I'm finally convinced. And I don't think it's going to be there until some of the issues off the field are resolved. So uh, take the Packers plus the seven and sweat it. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs defense, not very good. They traded, got a good linebacker. I liked him. Ingram from the Steelers just wasn't really on the field a ton. Won it out. And that's, and that's fine. We got a draft pick, not the greatest draft pick. I think six round, but we'll take it. So I think I think he's a good player, though. I think that will help a little bit. I agree with you guys with the Packers. I you know I jumped on them last week with some player props and with them. Dylan was easy money last week. I would look for sure his player prop over rushing. The other running back too. Keep an eye on him. Maybe rushing and receiving yards. Maybe match that up if you can get that. Yeah, I think this is a game that could, could you go either way. And especially in a teaser, I'm going to give you more teaser ideas here. Yeah, take maybe Green Bay up in a teaser. I think you'd be fine. I think there's major issues. I mean, the numbers are really bad ATS with Kansas City. And I agree with you guys. The offense, one thing the Giants did in that game was they really dropped their safeties back. They were really taking away a lot of like the hill just down the field, like just go routes and just trying to. And it was a lot of underneath stuff. Again, these shovel passes to Kelsey. I think it was Jason that said it, it. I think teams are catching on to this and where's all the Eric B talk that he should be the next coach all over the place. Well, I mean, should he, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Everybody always criticized why he hasn't been hired. And I always say to anybody, not just Eric B because I like Eric B I loved him in college when he was a player a long time ago, but Maybe he's not a great does. Maybe he doesn't give off great interviews. Who knows? We're not sitting in that room, but the offense hasn't been fantastic. I agree. Mahomes, some really bad reads in some of these games. I, Jason, I think that was an excellent point about it. He does look like he's back at Texas tech. Sometimes great arm strength, bad decisions. I'm probably going though down. I'm going to take Kansas city down to minus one. I think they get this. They have an extremely tough schedule coming up. Every game matters. I think this game is close. I think they do home field and just tight game, very tight game, but they cover the minus one and I'm taking Kansas city in a teaser. Yeah. So just to compare like if you're going to take a, 
a team as an underdog and like the Packers are right. And especially with a quarterback where we have no idea what we're going to get turnovers are going to be a huge factor there. That team's going to need turnovers. Kansas city is 32nd in turnovers per drive interceptions per drive and fumbles per drive that we could have read that five weeks ago and it would have been the same stat. They have not fixed anything. Conversely, the Packers fourth in turnovers per drive, sixth in interceptions per drive, and ninth in fumbles per drive. This Packers defense, not great, but they do for first turnovers. They're going to get some short field turnovers in this game. Yeah, great stat there. Um, I, I To go along with your player props, you know, if you have Aaron Jones player, uh, passing, rushing combined, that's another solid one because he catches a lot of, you know, dump passes, check downs out of the, out of the backfield. So that's another one to watch for. Uh, here's another game I just didn't have time to cover, um, but it, it is interesting uh, to see the quarterback situation. So the three and four 49ers are hosting the seven and one Cardinals. The 49ers are laying two and a half. They opened up at plus three and the over under is 45. The last I saw Kyler Murray was questionable. Did he downgrade to out or doubtful for that five and a half point swing? So the quote from Kingsbury from yesterday is he will not play unless he can function at a high level from the pocket. So not a yes or a no, but it's way more toward a no. Okay. So that, again, another huge swing we saw uh, with a quarterback situation. You guys take it. Like I said, I just kind of ran out of time this week. Uh, I just, I like, I like the Niners. In fact, it scares me a little bit how much I like the Niners now because I think it's a solid football team. And I really think a lot of the Cardinals value derives off of Murray. I know uh, Smitty's not the hugest fan of Mr. Murray, but he really is kind of the, the thing that makes that team go. Um, they've got enough skill to talent to get by in this game with a functioning backup quarterback who I think is a Colt McCoy. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, you know, Colt McCoy's played well in this role before, but um, I think the biggest question is, will you get a good effort from the 49ers defense? Not the greatest pass defense in the world. Um, it's kind of hard to evaluate the Niners because they've kind of always had some kind of factor, whether it be weather or quarterback injury or whatever. Um, they seem like they're getting healthier. I think they get Kittle back. They got somebody else back this week. I'll take them here. They've traditionally played the Cardinals pretty well. I'm going to lean on that again and uh, lay the two points. Yeah, if you look at their depth chart right now, you know, Murray's questionable. Hopkins is questionable. A.J. Green is out. I think he is COVID. Yes, he is. Uh, the center is uh, Garcia is questionable. Uh, a couple other guys, um, I think a backup, another guy on the offensive line is questionable. Man, so there's a lot of question marks there with this team. I agree. I, I love Colt McCoy. Again, not a, not a bad backup. I mean, the guy's been in games and has started games. So, you know, what? sometimes I always look, you always think, oh, it's the backup. That Just take that team out. Well, look who it is. I mean, the guy has played. He started games. He's been successful in spots here. But I, I Kittles is back. Not the biggest San Francisco. The quarterback issues, kind of a mess. Jimmy G sometimes gives you good games. Other times he doesn't. But I do like um, San Francisco in this. I would. This would be a straight play for me. I'd take the 49ers. All right, I'm really excited about this Sunday night game. The 7-1 Rams host the 6-2 Titans. The Rams are laying seven. Line opened up at minus four. Over-under is 52.5. Again, major jump. Derrick Henry's out, uh, at least until the playoffs. Uh, presumably, the Titans make the playoffs, so not to worry. If you're Tennessee, he'll be, he'll be ready to roll. Uh, but I'm curious to see. I, I would take the Rams in a teaser here at home. 
the seven's a big number. Obviously, the Titans do really well as road dogs. Um, but I'm curious to see, you know, that whole offense revolves around Derrick Henry and then opening up the pass game because you have to keep him honest. Um, they bring in a, a future Hall of Famer, Adrian Peterson, but is he just washed up? Um, you know, he, he really the, – the, the most recent stints, you know, in Washington and Detroit, uh, he just looked really slow. Um, his stutter step was about three stutter steps long. Um, I, I, the game's evolving faster than he is. He's breaking down. So I would tease the Rams here. Uh, and I'm curious, you know, moving forward with the Titans run game, how that's going to look. So that'll be something I'm watching. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. So the Rams went out and got Von Miller and basically to address their defense's weakness, which is uh sack rate and pass rush, which they really haven't done a great job of. they basically have had a blitz to get pressure and that's something they don't want to do. They want to rush for and drop in the zones and confuse a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if Miller can have any impact at all this week, but that is something that will give Tennessee problems. I see them right now. They're 29th in adjusted sack rate. So you can get to the quarterback against the Titans. Um, yeah. Seven and a half. I, boy, I would like that number a little lower. In fact, I'm going to check if it's come down at all, but I like the Rams at seven or less that that hook kind of scares me. Um, little line value where I think this game might trend a little toward the over. Um, but it will be interesting to see what the Titans offense looks like without that threat of Henry. I don't think they're really that great of a running team. I think they just have a great running back who is pretty dynamic. So I would probably lean toward the Rams and laying the points. I might even be okay with laying the hook, um, by Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I think Tennessee just gets exposed a little bit. I just don't think they've, I think they've played well, but I don't think that their, their units are really that good. Jason, if you uh, you by chance know or have you looked and seen what Tannehill's uh, completions over under is because they're gonna like you said a lot of blitzing he's uh, he's gonna do a lot of quick dumps and his and his rushing as well he obviously we know he can run those are two props to look for with Derrick Henry out. It is twenty three and a half. I kind of like that over because I kind of do too. You're not giving Derrick you know Peterson thirty carries game one. So that's one to look for. Yeah, this this is if you look at a lot of people that are gamblers and sharps out here, this is probably the number one teaser spot of the weekend, um, taking the Rams down to about minus one here. I think, again, Tennessee's defense, their secondary is garbage. Um, I think Cooper Cup. Now, Woods could be questionable. I have him on a fantasy team, and I know they said he has not been practicing a ton this week, so keep an eye on that. They also, the tin man, Deshaun Jackson, wanted out, so they finally let him go. So, But they got some other weapons here. I love the Rams in this spot in a teaser. I think, I think they win. I mean, I think they can also cover the seven. Yeah, oh, I did one thing. One, can I say one thing with the last game? Because I did not, because I, I threw out that one stat. That over under in that Arizona San Francisco game is at 45. So that kind of goes right with that line. 45 or less is hitting really well. So keep an eye on that. Maybe if you want to a teaser, jack that up some more points and play the under in that. I wanted to get that out on. Nice. All right. Nice. I'm going to back your, your team here. And usually when I backed in, they let me down. Uh, the three and five bears are traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers who are four and three Steelers are laying six and a half over unders 39. I'm not going to touch this over under for the simple fact that I took a, a similar line with the Steelers against the, um, 
the Broncos and, and they covered until about six minutes left in the fourth. And then Teddy Bridgewater looked like he was an MVP candidate uh, and ruined that for me. I like the Steelers here at minus six and a half. Uh, I'm, you know, cold weather is not really going to affect the Bears. They're on the road, though. The Steelers, you know, that stadium can get loud. You know, the Melvin Ingram stuff in the locker room, that's gone now. So they can kind of shake their hands of that. Um, I, I think the Bears are just – the quarterback play is just so hit or miss. I mean, you have MVP uh, flashes from fields on some plays, but then he makes some boneheaded plays. He really doesn't have many weapons to throw to. I, I like the Steelers in an ugly one. I would prefer a teaser, get them down to essentially a pick them. Uh, but I, I think they cover the minus six and a half as well. Yeah, I mean, the one thing here is that the Bears' uh, pass defense is actually not too bad. Um, and the Steelers, you know, they've actually got a decent sack rate on defense, so they will create pressure. That's something the Steelers at times have struggled with. The line has looked much better in recent weeks. Um, they're seeing some improvement out of the left side, particularly with Dotson um, and the rookie Moore. Um, yeah, you know, this is one of those games that where would this line be if it wasn't the Steelers <laughs> on a Monday night game where you know there's going to be a ton of betting handle? Uh, it's really hard to take the Bears, though, plus six. I know it's probably the right play with going against the public. And, you know, Fields' mobility might help him against the Steelers' pass rush because they're just going to continue to bring heat. And there's nobody that scares them on the outside for the Bears. Um, and even the run game, I don't think Montgomery is back yet at all. So, you know, I, I'm probably going to lay the Steelers with the six just because I think that they're actually, you know, got a little momentum right now. I mean, that was a pretty nice win in Cleveland considering you didn't have a kicker. And they really shut down a Browns defense offense. You know, I was concerned about the Browns running game, but it really didn't wasn't effective at all. So I'm going to take the Steelers minus the six and probably a stronger play is the under. I just don't see the Bears offense doing much against the Steelers defense. Well, again, 39 and a half, 45 or less. So tease this up, take the under both these teams. I think second, they're the two worst teams. I think yards per play. I think Steelers are like 5.5 and I think Chicago is a little bit below that. Very boring. I mean, the Steelers plays aren't very long. The real quick hitters, same. You know, again, Fields, I think, came off his best game last week. But their offense line is not good. Like Jason said, Steelers will be blitzing him, which I love. Go after him. Hopefully he doesn't break big runs or anything like that. But nobody really on that Bears offense scares me. I think the Steelers will be okay there. Offensive line, major improvement. Man, did they look good last week? And I've bashed the offensive line many times. They are coming together a little bit better here. Harris will get some carries. We'll get some catches. He'll add those. Look for a player prop that combined rushing receiving there. Keep an eye on the tight end too out of Penn State. You know, I've bashed that pick too, but they weren't using them early. Now they're using them. I love the pick. Kid's a freak. Very good. Gentry, the old Michigan uh, guy, great tight end run blocking has helped too. Again, the Steelers get Deontay Johnson the ball because, man, when he catches, he can go. So keep an eye on this. I love the teaser. Take the Steelers, like you said, down to about a pick them. I love matching the Rams-Steelers. That's the best teaser of the weekend for me. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to finish it off with the Najee Harris uh, combined passing, rushing over. He's done really well. Uh, it seems like he's getting about two and a half catches a game. Uh, for anywhere between 20 and 30 yards over the last four games. And he's rushing uh, in his last four games, the lowest rushing he has, I believe is 81 yards. So like, like Jason said, he's the line's starting to get a little healthier. They're starting to play a little better. He's starting to rush and they're going to, you know, like boring game, you know, just pound it down the bears throat. So watch out for that play. 
Um, maybe even get him for any time score because he's starting to find the end zone a little bit. Yeah, and keep like I'd look for the tight end too, the rookie, you know, out of Penn State. He Ben seems like he's kind of looking at him when they get down by the goal line. So keep an eye on that. I love those rushing and receiving over. If you don't play those, keep an eye on that. I hit one Thursday night, which was easy. It was Jonathan Taylor, 107. And I mean first half. Yeah, yeah, about had in the first half. I mean, he had like 80 yards rushing and he had some catches. I mean, then he broke a long run. I mean, he went way over that just by rushing. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, I don't think the books have adjusted because the game's changed, right? And, you know, there's no difference now between rushing and receiving for some of these running backs. They, they you know, basically they're just extended runs when they dump it off underneath and you get a lot of cheap yardage that way, especially on third down. Um, we saw that with Booker on the, the Monday night game last week. So, until they adjust, I think there's a good value in the t- combined total, much more than the singular totals. You're seeing that little shovel pass with the running back where he starts to the side of the quarterback, and it's like a little one-yard pitch. It mm-hmm. looks like a run, but they're considering a pass as four. So, like you said, the game hasn't changed. And, and with that running back already in motion, I mean, he's he's getting to the edge a lot better. So, um, like you said, hammer those until they kind of get the lines. All right, final – Oh, that's it. That's the last game. Yeah, man, we flew by that show. I'm looking and holy crap. I like it. Um, (laughs) We got a couple, a couple more minutes. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? You know, maybe a a lot college play or NFL topics. What do we think? Eight games into the season. Um, Can I, can I say one thing? My top 10 that I released was money, man. I was close on it. Close. You are. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So it came out. um, Let me pull those up. Anyways, Smitty, I think you got out of the top 10. I want to say you hit what, like four right on the money. And then I mean, I had wake, maybe wake one off. I mean, I had Notre Dame kind of close. I had Bama too. And here, you know, and I'm glad because I said this and some people agree and some people don't, but I was, I had ESPN on uh, before the BC game and you know, a couple people are defending what I said, and I'm going to put it out here. I think if Bama steamrolls everybody and they go in that SEC championship and that game is close, close, and they lose, I still think they'll be in it. And some people go, no, how can you do that? Well, listen, they're the best. They're the second best team. If they go, if they steamroll the rest, let's say they, they, they're going to blow out LSU today. They're going to, let's say Auburn is starting to play pretty well. If they blow out Auburn and that game's like a three point game, a two point game, people upset about Cincinnati. Have you watched Cincinnati the last two weeks? They barely beat Navy. They barely, they played uh, Tulane last week. Tulane was to their third uh, quarterback. And they barely, they didn't play very well against them until late. Cincinnati deserves, and people all oh, relax. They're fine. Hey, you know, it's a nice story. I like the coach, but Bama, that's my prediction. They went out and they went big and they, that game's tight. They're still going to be in it because guess what? They're Alabama and guess what they'll bring? Ratings. Go ahead, Jason. Absolutely agree. I think, I think you know, I've heard all this two loss nonsense this week, but they'll, they'll never put a two loss team in they will put a two-loss Alabama team in because they just put a one-loss Alabama team in number two. <laughs> like, they completely ignore the fact that they lost to Texas A&M. They're like, okay, yeah, they're still the second-best team. There's no question. There's no Big 12 wins that Oklahoma can get that are going to impress anybody to push them past Bama. 
Ohio State, the Big 12, Big Ten's about to implode with just everyone beating each other, I think. I think Sparty goes down today against Purdue. Uh, Michigan could uh, lose another game. I'm just saying, like, that, you know, and Ohio State's all of a sudden going to be left with these game wins that don't look so great anymore. Um, I just think that definitely a two-loss Alabama team, if they roll through and they lose to Georgia in the championship game, will definitely get in the Final Four. No question. I'm going to disagree, and I'm actually – obviously, you guys know. I mean, I love the SEC. I think it's the best conference in football. And I'm looking here. So, I just – sadly, you know, everybody says the Pac-12 sucks, but they're in a position – they beat the Big Ten team uh, early on in the season. Now, I know it was early on. Ohio State's coming to their own. I think Ohio State's better, you know, in week nine than they were week two. Absolutely. I think they made defensive adjustments. The Big Ten is going to self-correct. Either Michigan State's going to roll – or they're going to lose to Ohio State, and that's it. And then you're going to get teams in. I just see Oregon not sliding because they don't have anybody left on their schedule, and they're a Pac-12 champion. I just see them staying in the four spot. I see I, – I don't know. I mean, I see if Michigan – I don't know. I, maybe I can see it. it it's it's going to be tough. Michigan State – in Ohio State, I think are gonna are gonna matter here. I think Oregon's a lock at four. They're not gonna go any higher, but I don't think they're gonna drop either. Since he's out, sadly, um, it, it could play, but it, it's gonna be tough to see two loss Bama in there. You know, we did have a two loss champion in LSU, but I want Alabama in it because they play so good. You know, in the playoffs, and I think Smitty, I said it to you. I think Bama can beat Georgia even with JT Daniels in there. He hasn't played much, and I think at that point, and I said Kirby Smart to me is Mark Richt. He can win 11, 13, 12 games. He can't win that 13 to the big game when it matters. And we've seen time and time again Nick Saban you know, can be an underdog. You give him two, three weeks to prepare for a team, and that's like a whole offseason. I think Bama could beat Georgia if they can sneak in. And here's the thing. Keep an eye on that Oregon game tonight out in Washington. I know Washington hasn't played very well, but really but bad, he- really bad conditions. All right. <laughs> really bad conditions. Really, uh, you know, not major, like not 30, 40 mile per hour winds, but like th- 13 to 20 could be just really just keep an eye on that. That's a sneaky game. I really like Washington in that game tonight. Or- Oregon, the thing that scares me about Oregon quarterback play a little bit sometimes he really makes some bad decisions I think Oregon loses again personally now here's the thing I agree with you I think Bama can go in and beat Georgia absolutely well I mean then then you have both those teams in for sure then that's not an issue here Jason nailed it with the Big Ten nailed it with the Big Ten Purdue I mean that's a sneaky line today keep an eye on that only plus or yeah plus three uh, minus three for Michigan State Purdue plus three I love Purdue in a teaser today by the way they could be Purdue that's one of those games that that could be a sneaky one Michigan State tough game last week big win over Michigan now going into Purdue oh they'll they'll be weird line keep an eye on that one Michigan you, again you know just another game that they we're controlling and then they blow. Okay. Shocker. They'll be probably in the citrus bowl. Like I've said now for weeks are going to be now they got to travel to Penn state here in another week. Well, if Clifford's, it can get healthy. That's a scary game. Those Michigan does not go into Beaver stadium and usually win. That could be another loss. That's what Jason said. Now these teams are starting to take these games. You know, then I think Michigan state still has Penn state in a, at the end of the season, that could be a lot. So 
that they, that Ohio State team then could go, eh. And I love Ohio State. I had them up high in my rankings. I think they're playing great. A little bit. Penn State competed great against them last week. But I think Jason made a great point there with them knocking each other off. And then they're going to go, eh. Are they okay? I agree with Oklahoma. I have a ticket on them to win the national championship. Who? It's just those teams don't, you know, what do you get? Oklahoma State, boring to me. I mean, I think they could struggle today against West Virginia. It's a whole different monster going into Morgantown. Keep an eye on that one. Keep a teaser on that. You know, Iowa State, you know, um, that's another team that, you know, sometimes looks great. Then other times they don't. That Big 12, nothing's jumping off here. You know, again, I've been rolling Cincinnati the last two weeks. I just, people complaining and bitching and moaning about why they're not in the top four. People, have you kept an eye on the scores? They're playing Navy. They could barely beat Navy. And I like Navy today too in a teaser, but I'm just saying. Also, last week, Tulane, that Tulane defense is garbage. And they couldn't do anything. I mean, come on now. What would they do against Bama? What would they do against Georgia? What would they do against Ohio State? Because I feel like those are the top three teams. So my prediction for this Saturday is this is that Saturday. I think you're going to see absolute chaos everywhere. We've seen the first rankings, right? You're going to see teams reacting to how they got ranked in the poll. Some teams are going to take it, and it's going to be reverse motivation. Some teams are going to get really fired up. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I think there's going to, if you, I have one word of advice for this Saturday, if you like a dog, grab it and grab the money line. I really think it's, it's that crazy Saturday where everything's all hell is going to break loose because you got Sparty in a really dangerous spot at Purdue. You've got Oregon in a really dangerous spot against Washington. Like you have all these things working. So you have Wake playing a non-conference game against North Carolina, who's in their conference and they're an underdog, even though they're about eighth in the country. And you know what? I really can't argue with it because North Carolina is going to run through them like crazy. It says, can Wake score enough points to win that game? Um, so, yeah, this is Chaos Saturday. So I'm calling predicted it right now. If you like a dog, take them with the points, put a little on the money line. You were probably going to have a very profitable Saturday. Smitty. And that, you know, that UNC game right now, I, I haven't finalized my card yet. But I've had, <clears throat> excuse me, I have, I have, well, the over, it's very high, very high. Some people like it, some people say, but here's the thing. We just had Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports on the show last week. Man, what a talent. She's just, if you follow her and listen to her, she loves UNC too. She said something great on one of her podcasts or her little like minute video that Wake Forest Okay, Wake Forest wants to pass. UNC's defense against the pass is not that bad. They can't stop the run. Yeah. And Wake Forest is going to try to throw the ball more in that. Wake Forest defense is garbage too. I think UNC will put some points on here. I love UNC today. I think they, and I love the Wake team, love the quarterback, love some of their players, what? love the coach, but I do love UNC today. Take UNC, they're going to beat Wake. And I agree with Jason. I think this is that weekend that could be crazy. All right, so obviously this, this this right here, this whole argument this season right now, your top ten. I mean, this this validates why we need an expanded playoff uh, because we have a situation where you know we are talking currently about a two loss Bama team staying in the top four. You have a situation where Michigan State still has to play Ohio State in the East. If they lose that game, you got two two top teams with one loss. They're both sitting 
you know, and Ohio State wins the the Big tw- Big Ten championship, they're in because it's a Power Five conference. But then, are you going to punish a, a one loss Michigan State team, uh, you know, for a two loss Alabama? So this validates the need for an expansion. But I mean, does the committee? We always know they the group of five they don't care about, and they want Power Five conference champions. I mean. This year, we're looking at two teams in Power Five conferences that could potentially run the table, win their conferences, and not get in, and that's Oklahoma and Wake Forest. I mean, here's the thing. Would I absolutely be surprised if Wake Forest runs through their schedule? No. I'm not impressed with NC State's defense. I think you can score on them. You could certainly get past UNC. I mean, you know, Mac Brown's not unbeatable. They can't stop anybody. I wouldn't be surprised there. Clemson's a bust in BC. I mean, we struggled. They got Dracovich back, but they've they've kind of let us down. They could run the table. Oklahoma only has one other team to run the table through, and I think that's Baylor. They'll handle Oklahoma State this year. I think Oklahoma State's overrated. Does the committee keep those two out? And I just it's everything we've pre- they've prefaced prior is conference championships. So we're looking at a potential two teams what do you do with them if they run the table what's really curious is what they do with cincinnati when these teams above them lose like i think that's gonna be fascinating because they have them at six they have them literally in the spot that they probably shouldn't have put them in because they can get passed obviously by a nice win by somebody but if somebody above them is going to lose like michigan state's going to lose today so what do you do with cincinnati when michigan state loses and all these teams, do they move up or do they stay in the same spot? I'll tell you what, people are going to be more upset if they stay in the same spot and they're just locked in at six. Now, that since he, you know, as much as they'll complain, won't care because they're going to get a huge payday out of a really big bowl game, right? That, and that's going to pay for a lot of things in their program. But obviously, and they're moving to the Big 12, so they're not going to be too upset. But I'm saying, like, what do they do there? They've kind of set this up for Ohio State to move up whenever these things happen. They, you know, they, they've kind of aligned to get that, you know, that big four. Now, who's the fourth team? We'll see. But it's going to be Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and then basically wild card. And Oregon, they have to go to Utah. I don't see them winning that game. Then they got the Beavers in the used to be Civil War, uh, the last game of the year. That's a dangerous spot, too. I mean, you know, as a Penn State fan, I think we've turned into Purdue for this season now. We're the spoiler makers because we're going to get Michigan State. We're going to get uh, Michigan. We've got a chance to ruin a lot of seasons now. And that team has to be pissed off. They got left out of the top 25 when you have Minnesota in there and you have a Wisconsin team that you beat in there. You can argue, and Wisconsin's played a good schedule, but Penn State's been more impressive in their wins than Wisconsin has at any point this season. Um, they kind of got shafted. I got to think that's motivation for today because this is an upset spot for them. But we'll see how they respond, whether they're in or not. But they're, like I said, they're going to have a factor in this because they've got two of the teams that need to beat them. And like I said, Michigan going to Beaver Stadium has not been a good recipe for the Wolverines in the past. Um, but like I said, it, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be interesting how they respond to this week when you have all these losses across the board. Because I have a feeling this picture is going to clear up really fast. My finishing statement, I again, I said we need to expand. Uh, I agree. I, I like the 12 team over the eight. Like I said to you guys, the, the New Year's Six Bowls mean nothing. When you have 25 guys sit out, it's crap football. Um, this would be a situation where you need it. Again, I'm not saying a 10 seed or an 11 seed's. They could upset the first round, maybe the second round, but then they'll, you know, they're they're going to meet the top dogs to get blown out. But it would make football fun again. You kind of get that mini March Madness feel, and I would love it. I mean, Smitty and I always go to the bar and watch games together. I'd be pumped to go watch six college football playoff games, and then you get two, three weeks of that. I mean, that's that's a, that's the NFL style, and you, I love that. You'd be looking every week. Um, I think the committee personally should man up 
put your balls on the table, tell Cincinnati, you know what? If everything shakes out, if Ohio State beats Michigan State, you get the four spot, make it or break it right now. Are you as good as advertised? Be done with this, the group of five talk. Get your shot. You either blow your load or you play out and you do well. That's what I personally think. I think Cincinnati's earned it. They beat the people on the schedule, and now it's time to put up or shut up. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. That's my closing statement. like it. All right. That's all we got for today. Great show. We'll get back to we, – we normally do a college football show. Just kind of ran out of time. Our lives got a little busy. We'll get one out next week. We'll also do another NFL next week. And uh, as we always finish the show, bang your bookies. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.